When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Gil, for this episode, I feel like you should be wearing a watch. Uh-huh. Because... It's Himalaya time. It's Himalaya time. Well, also, you're not wearing a watch, and there's a reason that you should be wearing a watch mm-hmm. for this episode. But yes, yes, it's Himalaya time. You don't need a watch to tell you what time it is mm-hmm. when it's Himalaya time. So, congratulations, if you're listening to this podcast on the Himalaya app, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not... You're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has a ton of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is it's super easy to use. It's definitely our favorite app, as we've told you, and we're sure it will be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow the No Chill Podcast once you're there. Yes. Always on time. Always on time. I'm st- they got to change that congratulations because when you say congratulations, it's like you're winning something. Yeah, I know. And then you just keep reading Congratu- nothing. Okay. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it just get, gets your attention. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, one of the coolest guys in the NBA circle that you should definitely know, Jason Arashaben, a.k.a. Jason of Beverly Hills, graces us with his presence. For years, Jason has been the guy icing out basically everyone in the NBA. The thing about him is how he got into it and how he dominates an essential part of the culture. He is also the guy who designed championship rings for the Lakers and the Warriors, which, if you don't know, is one of the most challenging requests in sports. And for Jason, it's not just basketball, it's all sports. It's hip-hop and fashion at large. He also goes way back with Aiden Zero. So we have to get into those statement pieces, the creative process, baller budgets, and of course, the bling bling era. It's the suited up edition of the No Chill podcast. Remember, you can get us early on the Himalaya app and subscribe wherever or however you get your podcast. And be sure to check out the No Chill channel on YouTube. So Gil, this is um, this is some uncharted water for us. And we're breaking new ground on this episode because I think we have the best dressed guest probably ever. Yeah, I, I had yeah. dressed down. Like, damn, I'm just letting you know that. Letting <laughs> yeah, you know that. yeah, this is dressed down. This is dressed down for me. Yeah, this is like casual wear. <laughs> yeah, this, this is ca- casual. So we, have, so we have Jason Arashabin here, Jason mm-hmm. the jeweler, mm-hmm. famous. I mean, people already know who you are, but they're more. You're going to expand your your audience here today. But um, man, Jason is a dapper dude, mm-hmm. and I think the key to it is attention to detail. Right, as a jeweler, you know. Well, I try. Well, we we won't get into like fashion tips, uh-huh. but is the key. Because we need some help. Uh-huh. Keys, keep it simple and then let the, the details. Let the accessories statement. do the talking for you. Yes, I agree. That's the right way to do it. I like that. Yeah. I like that. White t-shirt, bling on. Yeah. <laughs> bling. That, we that know your style is white tee. Yeah, white tee, bling. That usually I, catches the, the eye. The only other thing would be like a no chill podcast. <laughs> but still, yeah, yeah the, let the bling bling. Yeah, exactly. Right? What made you get into it? Honestly... If, you're gonna, if I'm going to sit here and tell you that I had a deep love for jewelry, I'd be lying to your face. Uh-huh. When I was younger, I loved basketball. I was a basketball fanatic. But then I learned that I was unathletic, white, <laughs> Jewish, and short. 
So I realized that there's no way in hell I'm ever going to be an NBA player. So I needed to do something that would be the next best thing. Mm -hmm. I love being creative. I love designing. And I would go out at night trying to figure out what I wanted to do. My father wanted me to be an attorney. He wanted me to go to law school. I just said yes because I figured, hey, I'm going to make money doing that. So I might as well do that. And I would go out at night and I would see. And this is the era of NBA players wearing these massive chains. Mm -hmm. You know that era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, also, you, you know, you know that era because that's where you, that's when the you came up. Oh, yeah, shit, that's when you the came early up. 2000. The bling bling era. So, yeah. I, so I went out at night and I looked around. I never forget. I went to I, I went to a club one night and I walk around and I'm looking around the VIP. I, I snuck in a VIP because God knows I had no money to get up there. Mm -hmm. And I looked around. And I saw Darius Miles, huge chain on. And I looked the other direction, and I saw Corey Maggette and Quentin Richardson, mm -hmm. huge chains on. I said, "This is the business I need to get into." Yeah. So I always was a good at, I was always great at drawing. I love drawing and I would see these chains and I was like, I didn't know how to design jewelry. I didn't understand anything. So I would just literally go home, take a pen and a pad and I would design jewelry for guys I knew who would always be at the club and I'd see them. Mm -hmm. So one, I would go all the time and tap guys on the shoulder and say, hey, I want to introduce myself. My name is Jason. Uh, I design jewelry. By the way, I had no clue how I was going to make this <laughs> shit. No clue. Mm -hmm. I said, I design jewelry. I want to be able to uh, make something for you. Every guy said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because listen, they're, they're at the club to go chase pussy mm -hmm. and get to have a few drinks. Mm -hmm. They're not over there because they want to buy jewelry. So finally, after bugging him like 10 times, there was a one player that was like, all right, man, just come to here. This is my number. Come to my hotel room. Bring all your designs. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see if we can do something together. It was Anthony Mason. Oh. Right towards the end of his career. So next day, I was nervous as hell. I was so excited that I had like a celebrity in my phone. I, kept, <laughs> I opened my phone. looked at my phone. I said, Anthony Mason's number in my phone. I went over there. I spent all night designing him stuff. And, and he saw something. And he liked it. And he said, like, make me that. He said, how much is that? And I had no clue how much I'm supposed <laughs> to charge this man. So I said, uh, 40000 Mm -hmm. And so he said, fine. I said, I need a deposit. He said, okay. So he would cut me a check for $20,000. Mm -hmm. I found a jeweler that would make it for me. I had him make it. I put my little profit on there and I, and I made my first sale. Then I did the same thing and I pushed him to refer me to clients. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I did the same thing until fast forward to today. You know, we do over 200 MB, just a little over half the NBA mm -hmm. are our clients, over 200 guys in the league. Uh, we've done the championship rings for the Warriors, for the Lakers, and and we have our own stores and our own factory. So that's kind of like the beginning and end. Dave, that is crazy. So I, is, that's like the expression would be "fake it till you make it." Oh, right. Shit. Just I, I faked it as much <laughs> as you can. Fake because that's it. I remember the era. Because that's <laughs> that that was the era mm -hmm. I got drafted in. Mm -hmm. So I exactly. had the big GJA chain, <laughs> you know, trying to compete with Darius Miles and all of them. Because it was just that it was. The hey, what'd you do with that chain? I threw it out the window. Mm. <laughs> it was anger. Yeah, it was, I know. It, it was, it was anger. The draft night yeah, situation. It was, it was, it was but anger. I heard about that. But the thing about that time was it was kind of like this is your NBA player starter kit, right? Like you got to get the Escalade. It was yeah. Then yeah. it was the, yeah. That's what it was. The Escalade with the <laughs> with the uh, the suede roof and the TVs mm -hmm. and might, a chain. Might some have, have some spree wells on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Know. <laughs> but that was the era you could. Yes. Jesus. But the thing about the chain, though, that has evolved over the years. Absolutely. How it's changed. Longer, shorter, bigger, smaller. Yeah. Uh, Flashy, subtle. When did, because I, right after that, I was like, I got out of the chain. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. And started going I mean, to back then, you know, when you, when your early years, guys were wearing these monster pendants. Mm -hmm. And the chain would hang all the way down to between their legs. Yep. 
Now it's evolved to smaller stuff and chokers till they're choking their atoms out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely changed. Like the, the style has changed. The way guys mm-hmm. wear stuff has changed. I mean, the NBA has changed even from like fashion and clothes, right? Like, this is see- a, are are you changing it? Like, who who are the jewelers changing, or are the players coming in and say, "I want this"? I I would say that that music influences a lot of it, right? So like a lot of. A, all the all the rappers want to be ball players. All mm. the ball players want to be rappers. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that this is this hasn't changed to this day. Never, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other side, and everyone wants to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened is a lot of the NBA players would follow the rappers' lead. So you see guys like Jules Santana and all yeah, these guys yeah, yeah. wearing chains that are big and hang low. They did the same thing, and I think that the same thing happened as the style evolved. It was because the the, the rappers' taste set it evolved because it was a new generation mm-hmm. of guys. So now you the old, all the 30-year-olds kind of move out, and then the 19 and 20-year-olds come in, just like in the NBA, Mm -hmm. and then the styles change. Well, with that idea of the rapper thing, he showed me some some stuff on his phone, some hot stuff from Drake, another big client, Drake, that he made for Zion and RJ, the OVO chain. Oh, the OVO, the the, the bird. Mm -hmm. The owl, yeah. The owl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the thing in in the hip-hop, like... The Rockefeller chain was the thing. Once you're baptized with the Rockefeller chain, you're in. Mm-hmm. Right? You're part of the family. And that's what I think Drake is doing with the OVO Owl. But he's taking it into, I'm going to brand myself on these athletes. To extend that conversation yeah, with I mean, the rappers yeah, that want to be ballers. Yeah, he's pushed. I mean, Hove was pushing that envelope early too. By was getting, there a you know, player uh, LeBron that had the rock chain. Yeah, I mean, it, Sebastian Telfair so had, had the rock, rock chain. chain. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. Making, a, re- making a rock chain for Sebastian yeah. Telfair. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. you know, Hove did it. Um mm. You know, but you know, this ain't the social media time. Um, it's, it's just crazy how like everything has evolved. Everything went from big to look. Back then, was it more cubic zirconia than real diamonds? Listen, I think that you, you're no matter what. There's guys in the league that are gonna do cubic zirconia. Okay, hundred percent. There's there's always gonna be guys. So there's gonna be guys that are gonna be like, no one's gonna know difference. I make a, I have a hundred million dollar contract. Who's gonna tell me this is fake? I get that all the time. That, and that does genuinely happen. I would say, like, listen, 80% of the guys are getting the real stuff. But then you see stuff that is just doesn't make Makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I see guys, well, I'll go out and, I, and I'm a jeweler, and so it's my job to know, spot the real from the fake. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll see a guy, and listen, there's no secret how much NBA players make. Mm-hmm. We know a guy who's on a minimum deal, and we know the guys that yeah. are on max deals. Yeah. And when you see a guy that's been in the league for two years, and he barely made the roster... And he's on a second round contract and he's wearing a chain with these monster stones on it. If you're going to be wear fake jewelry, at least make it believable. <laughs> at least make it believable. Cause I'm looking at, I'm like, that is your entire year salary. Yeah, so yeah, I know yeah. you didn't, I didn't, I know you didn't buy that. Yeah. So that's rule number one. That's rule make number it one. Believable. Make yeah. it believable. If you're going to fake it till you make it, at least fake right. But you like, I, cause I always used to hear rumors that um, like somebody like Puffy, he has a set of fake ones and he has a set of real ones. And then same thing with like Kevin Garnett. It was like he had fake earrings and real ones. And I was like, what is the point? And it was like, oh, he wears his fake ones every day, the real ones like during special occasions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's the point? Either have the fake ones or the real ones. You don't need both because we can't tell. Well, I got an you're example. Kevin Gar- you you're Kevin Garnett. Why? So, Jason, you might know this, but remember Julio Jones had a $100,000 mm-hmm. stud and he lost it in a lake? This was the other summer. Mm-hmm. That's why. Because he's on a jet ski and the damn $100,000 $100, stud falls off in the lake. 
Should have had the don't don't the cubic on it. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't wear don't wear stud earrings when you're jumping in jet ski. Rule number two. Yeah. Rule number two. But I mean, I mean, you know, but how, isn't that more of the wisdom behind I mean, it? You know how many times, and it goes both ways. Now a lot of the players come, they'll get fake stuff on themselves. But you'd be surprised how many players come in and get fake engagement rings for their wives. <sighs> happens all the time. <laughs> all the time, it happens. That's funny because <laughs> no, 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 it's funny because I had why, one made. Why is that funny? Because I had one made fake too. Oh, yeah, I had one made. So I had a real I one. Had a, I had a hunch. I had I had a real one, and then I was like, "Yeah, I don't think this one's going to last." So just in case, let me get <laughs> a fake. Let me get a fake one made also, and then I had a fake one made too. Yeah, but that's a different situation. That's that's a confidence thing. <sighs> Jason, all right. No, so rule number three, you should probably go into it 100% thinking that it's going to last. No, most people who get married and athletes, it's more pressure than it is, this is what I want to do. Oh, like, absolutely. It's more pressure than, like, I, I really want to get engaged right now. Like, it's like, really, I just want to be the best I can be, and I just need the support of you as a spouse. You, you're, so, you're saying pressure as, like, you have to be an adult and a pro, so it's like, oh, I need the wife and family to... Validate me as a no, no, no. You like when a when a guy is getting married while he's playing, it's usually coming from the woman side of the pressure than a man. Real like if you let the player decide when he gets married, it will always be at the end of this, yeah. at the end of his career. Absolutely, because now he can focus on it. Like which you really should. Yeah, you should. No, but, I mean, you know, no woman's gonna allow you to just sit there 10, 12 years being boyfriend and girlfriend. But I mean, I, I would also say that a lot of NBA players, listen, being around for seventeen years, seeing NBA players come and go. NBA players proposing, divorcing, going mm -hmm. through the whole process. There is a lot of NBA players just make bad decisions with women, though. Yeah. Just <laughs> terrible decisions. And I mean, everyone does, right? Yeah. But, but like, I see girls come to my office and an NBA player will bring them in. And it's like, oh, this is, this is my girl and this and that. And then I'm thinking to myself, that's funny because I saw this girl two weeks ago with another <laughs> NBA player. Like, how's that work? And that's, <laughs> and that's the funny part because... We all know, we're, we're, we all know, uh -huh. but we try to catch a blind eye. Uh -huh. You know, it's so funny. It's like all the players know. Like you have basketball girls, you have football girls, then you have girls who just, they're all sports. Uh -huh. So you really try to dibble and dabble of a girl who's not in your sport. Uh -huh. So she's a football girl. You're like, all right, cool. She didn't mess with no NBA players. I'm good. I can walk around. I little do you know. Yeah, yeah. She's all sporter. <laughs> Called a groupie? <laughs> yeah, she's all sporter. And you kind of get your, your feelings hurt, you know, later on after you already didn't commit it. Yeah. You know, that, that's the thing about basketball players. They wait till you commit. And then be like, yeah, Tasha, nah, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, me and the whole little team done did that and kind of fuck your feelings up and hurt your little heart. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a I had a girl that I did engagement ring for. I did four engagement rings for for four NBA players. E. I, it it happens. Yeah. but it's like sometimes I'm saying, aren't you guys talking to each other? <laughs> like, don't you guys talk That's to each other in the, say, in the locker room? You would know though. We talk to each <laughs> other, but we still have that ego of, I'm not you. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm yeah, not I'm you. I'm not you. I'm better than you. That's yeah. why she's with me now. She's not with you. That's that ego we have. Competitiveness. You can't. Yeah, it's it just one of those. I'm better than you. Who cares? She uh -huh. ain't fucking with you no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, that's... you know, she picked me for you. I, yeah. I would say that makes more sense than thinking that you didn't know about it. No, they think we actually, don't, I absolutely they, didn't. They, know they about don't. It. They don't think we know. Like I, this is a, this is an unspoken rule. 
if I'm going to a city and I don't know anyone, I'll just call a player. Yo, hook me up with something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll hook me up with something. If I fall in love with that something, I already knew where she came from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds, you, know, you know how many times a guy walks in with a girl into, into our office and he says, this is my girlfriend, so-and-so. And the girl's going like this to me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't tell, don't tell him that you saw me here last week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <got> feelings. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the move is to wait till you retire. Or what if it's the high school sweetheart, college sweetheart, whatever, that knew you before you were big time. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's tough. There's just so much pressure on both. You know, if you're, you know, high school sweetheart, mm-hmm. you are probably not the top of the top of that chart. You're probably at that point C-level in the looks. Nice. Now, once the millions she come to this. You that sweetie that, you know. You were A. Girl next door. In give school. Her, give her a chance. A in school. When you hit the big leagues, which is coming to Hollywood and Miami, your talent is C. Compared to all the B's and the A's who's already done this is true. matured and all that. So you're this little girl and you have the Holly Bear. You have the A list of A list of beauty coming at your man. Yeah. The competition stuff. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, you're gonna lose him a little bit. It's just a lot of options. <laughs> you're gonna you, no, I'm just saying you're gonna lose him a little I bit know. because you gotta remember, these are the women he looked through in magazines. So yeah. until he's about 30. And he starts slowing down and realizing, yeah. ah, that's just vagina. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, it's... I don't know if that happens at 30. Yeah. But with your high school students, it's like, okay, I got vagina right here. Yeah, I don't need more, to... There, there are more options. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't need to, I don't need to drive three hours for, you know, this... That's, that's, er, that's in my early 20s. Yeah. 21, 19, 20. Like, oh, my gosh, she calling me. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I'm going to work out. <laughs> you're not going to go play in the G League when you're in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes no sense. Put the extra work in. <laughs> so, so who buys the, the, the most fake jewelry? Athletes or <laughs> rappers? Rappers buy more, but I much prefer dealing with athletes. I'll tell you why. Uh, well... Rappers buy more fake stuff. Okay, that's for sure. Because listen, their 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 money is not like professional mm-hmm. athletes, unless you're at a level of Drake or you know Puff or like these the, this level of of entertainer. But like they, these guys get these record advances and they blow fifty percent of it on on the jewelry and the rest on cars, and then they're left with nothing. Whereas an NBA player make a considerable amount of more money than mm-hmm. the, the, than these guys, so they don't buy. They actually take the time to buy real stuff mm-hmm. as compared to a lot of the rappers. Yeah, because I was like, I'd be looking at some of these rappers and I'm like, yo, like, you have 40 pieces. <laughs> like, you have three songs out. Yeah. What? Like, yeah, like, like, I don't know what kind of deal you got, but I, even if you had a million dollar advance, you can't afford this jewelry. So this has to be fake. Back and to then they, be, they, they, they start hitting it with the stones, like, yeah, my shit is real. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, maybe that's fake too, guys. Yeah, 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 I hate that. I hate, I hate that. Oh God, when they do that, they go, they, they go take diamond tester to show everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, is that a real thing, though? Well, yeah, it is. But I mean, like, you're that worried that people think it's that's fake. That's what I said. Like, I'm, I'm, to it? like that's what I said. If I'm if I'm a young rapper, I'm gonna buy fake. What? Why do I care? What do I care? Like, obviously, I have the same deal you have, motherfucker. So I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Let me just go out and make these songs, and then eventually, I can get my own real shit. But I also think is this. 
for for either category, athlete or rapper, it's a, the statement piece, the mm -hmm. idea of having something that is signature to you and is a statement about yourself, which is pretty much what you do. I mean, that that's literally what you get a lot of guys coming into the league, and you know, I get the guys early, like mm -hmm. early, 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 and you get guys that are like they're trying to brand, whether they have their own personal brand or they have a clothing line or mm -hmm. they have a, some other separate business. They're looking to buy 10 chains to support their, their for their whole crew mm. to support their whatever brand right. they're trying to build. And like the NBA player now is a lot different than the NBA player from, from, from 10 years ago because they're a lot more business savvy and they're a lot more, they're thinking about their personal brand a lot more mm. than NBA, like, you know, in the earlier age, uh -huh. there was just like, that's the agent's job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. True. Now they're kind of taking the power into their own hands and being entrepreneurial and doing their own things and having podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it is, it is kind of weird that, you know, you see this this generation versus, you know, us. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't speak for the ones before me, but, you know, it's like we didn't start getting business savvy until, like, probably probably like my fourth, fifth year because mm -hmm. that's when I was doing the, the vitamin water deal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's just piggybacking off of, you know, what other athletes was doing. You know, it's like, yeah. all right, Trace McGrady said, Okay, let me let me go and take equity instead of the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those were the first, you know, people I was, you know, hearing that was doing deals outside of the NBA. Well, I think also like what one thing that I've heard from NBA players is that, you know, I would get old heads come to me towards the end of their career or like literally right when they're out of the league. And these guys might have been all stars. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Man, every before when I was in the league, you know, any any meeting I wanted to have, the doors were always open for me. Mm -hmm. And the second I get out of the league, all of a sudden those same doors, doors close. close. And then, so he kind of teaches you, like, even if you're the 12th guy on the team, make sure you're making friends with everybody, all the floor seat holders, all the sponsors, all the business relationships. Don't look at them. These are all corny guys that I'm not going to talk to because these guys are going to all, like, be valuable really? assets when you're out of the league. And they're going to talk to you now. But guess what? When you can't get them tickets and you're not on SportsCenter anymore, mm -hmm. those doors close. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you don't have anybody to go back to. And I think that's the biggest mistake a lot well, of guys What's do. so funny is, and that's why my theory of always shake somebody's hands, always take the time to get the no, like all that, oh, I'm with my family. You're always with your family. Mm -hmm. You can take, uh, this person needs you for three minutes, two minutes, a hello, because at the end of the day, you don't know who these people are. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they were gonna be, become. Mm -hmm. You can say to this little 10 year old, man, fuck out of here, this and this yeah, and yeah. this. And then 10 years from now, he's your new owner. <laughs> his father is the new owner and he's like ah, you remember this get the fuck go to Milwaukee you know what I mean because you never you never know who that next generation is so you always want to leave a paper trail of happy memories Absolutely. like even with me getting in trouble in Washington I've, I've never not signed an autograph or took a picture with someone mm -hmm. there's no there's there's not five people in the planet that can say I don't like him Mm -hmm. because I made sure I took the time. Like, I'll stand in the arena for hours after the game just signing on the grass. Yeah, what's happening. That. You, you know, so, on the bus. <laughs> yeah, on the bus. Hey, you're just going to wait. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or I'll take a cab later because you never know who's who. So now when I ask to do something, I try to reach out. People are like, come on in. Let's have a meeting. Let's do this. Even you young know? kids that it, that that you're old, you're playing your 10th year and the guy there's a kid that's in junior high school, he might end up playing with you. Yes, yes. And he's like, Yo, motherfucker, and, I remember when you didn't sign my autograph. Yep. And you don't want him to be the franchise. You don't yeah. want him to be the franchise guy. <laughs> yeah. He'll have you me traded. Well, that means to be, actually, I remember Chris Paul told me that about when he was in his rookie, the summer after he got drafted, mm -hmm. you were training in Vegas. 
and you had worked done a gone through a whole workout. Mm -hmm. And then he was came in the gym. And he want he wanted somebody it, to work out. It was yeah. like, all right, fuck it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just come and it's on. Like, you might not feel like, hey, man, I just worked I, out for two, three hours. It was tired. But yeah. you know what I mean? You have a young generational kid coming in yeah. trying to like, yo, I'll, I'll, what what is it like? You know, because mm -hmm. I remember when I came in, that's how I was like, yo, you know, you want to work out? They weren't there, right? Yeah. No, nah, you want to work out? Like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, because they, they look at you like, oh, I'm good. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's going to be top five. So obviously I'm going to have to stick this dude any goddamn way. <laughs> I'd rather have the advantage now before he has the advantage on me. Uh -huh. And that's, you know. So oh, was, he, he actually didn't know that. He just thought you were taking time out of you. So I was kicking him. his ass yeah, all right. through his rookie season. <laughs> um, the other thing there too, though, for, for these business opportunities for players, whereas I think in your day, it's just like things come at you and, and you don't really know. That sounds cool. Invite, invest in this vitamin water company. What if that's not, a, if that's not a hit? And you need somebody in your corner to tell you what's good. And I think that's the difference now is that you have guys that are prepared, business savvy, educated guys like Mav Carter with LeBron. I mean, he's, it's no coincidence that he's good at what he does because he went to business school. But, you know, I think Warren Buffett said, invest in what you know. Invest in what you know. So that's the other thing for athletes. So if it's shoes, uh, sports drinks, you know, but clothes, athletic clothes, like I, those what, things make sense. What I've seen though, like you see these guys and I, and I, I can see guys, they come into the league and I'm, and I see their crew of friends around them and they're like, we're going to start our own brand and we're going to start a management company. We're going to mm -hmm. start an agency. Let's really take a step back and look at what LeBron did with his crew. Mm -hmm. Let's look at Rich and Mav particularly. They came out, Maverick goes to business school. Maverick worked at Nike first. Mm -hmm. Rich worked under Leon Rose first. First. These guys were were groomed to take on the positions they were, and they were willing to learn. They went through those steps to get to where they are. They didn't just happen like that. They mm -hmm. went through the steps. So what ends up happening is you see a lot of these guys coming into the league, and they have their crew of friends around wanting to skip all those steps. Yep. And you know what happens? They have shitty business people around them, yep. and they end up not being at the level business level of a LeBron. Those guys went through the trials and tribulations. They learned from people who've been there before. And they were willing to do that with open ears. But man, I see guys coming like, we're going to start a marketing company. We're going to do this. No qualifications whatsoever. No experience. Get thrown in the hot water and drown. Yeah, because they're, they're so busy looking at the player's money and how we're going to scheme from him. Then versus saying, you know what? I need to build this empire because building his empire builds my empire. Let me go to school and do what I need to do and take these classes with the little money he's given me. You know, and, and just build. So by the time year three, four comes and his new deal is coming, we're all set in place to run. And that's what they did. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, because I, I remember when they first came in. So, you know, I used to hang out with Richie and, and Mav and them. And, and, and they're sitting there studying, trying to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to help LeBron and Savannah. Like I'm, I'm there, I'm there, I'm watching mm -hmm. and they're sitting here trying to figure out how, how they're going to be helpful to this, you know, to this guy, you know, got to remember that's when he had Aaron Goodwin. He had Aaron, so from the beginning, day one, none of them are agents, none of them are businessmen and they're trying to figure out how do we move Aaron out of the way and we as a group become took, the empire. They took control, but not before they were ready. ready. Yep. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, man, I remember me, meeting Maverick. And Rich, but Maverick particularly would just ask questions. Mm -hmm. Just ask questions, questions and questions and questions. I'm not used to that. You know what? Because <laughs> most of the guys, a lot of the guys coming to the league, their friends think they know everything, mm -hmm. including the players. Yeah. You guys sometimes come to the league think you know everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I got my first earring. And this is when I knew, oh, maybe I don't know shit. 
I got my first because you know, um, back then was a Dave Limmerman. Yeah, Dave Limmerman. Dave, so, okay. so he was giving us you know earrings, and it was like the big one carat, two carat hoops, like the MJ hoop. No, hell no. Okay, good. Just making oh, sure the big studs, the one Kevin Garnett was wearing, <laughs> uh-huh. big babies. So I got my earpiece just so I can wear that, just so I can wear that. And it was like, all right, when you get your earpiece, you leave that in for like four, six weeks. For what? <laughs> like I don't want this. I got the. I got my ears pierced just for that earring. So I took the shit out, put the big one in, and my ear was like drooping all <laughs> under it. <laughs> like so, I had to take it out and then just let it close. I was like, I don't. I don't feel like going through the six week process. It's too bad they don't. You, they don't let you play with the, with some jewelry on. Baseball does it. NBA never does it's that. It's hard though. Because it's a contact. Yeah. It's, it's more too, of a contact. It's too, con- it's too much of contact sport. Because you think contact. back at MJ when he was in the slam dunk competition, he had those three little gold chains. Yeah, no yeah. defense, though. Man, that was great. But yeah, yeah even the earring. You because get, you know, you, you know, like anything, someone will go OD with it. Yeah. You know, someone's going to wear the diamonds and a the big diamond chain thinking he can like, nah. Yeah, just, but just think if you're running like this. Yeah, it just doesn't. I know it doesn't. It just doesn't look good. But I guess... Also, to bring what you're talking about with the, the people that you surround yourself with, bring that full circle. Because you probably see this at like the worst perspective because they come in here and like, we got a black car. We're going to just spend it, you know, and we and it's not really their money, you know, it's from his contract. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to surround yourself with those kind of people. You recognize the right element. The recognize wrong it. Element. And it's like I, I can tell right away. Being all, all, all these years, I've seen the guys that have made it and the guys have been, you know, those first first overall picks that flame out in three, four years. Mm-hmm. You can tell pretty much right away by seeing them in their group, like which guys are going to be able to have the right attitude coming in mm-hmm. and have the right group of people coming in. Now, there's always going to be that anomaly where you have a player that's just so fucking athletically gifted. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how fucked up everyone around them mm-hmm. is. They're still going to be OK. Yeah. But then you see the guys come in that, listen, you, you, you might have been the fourth pick in the draft. Uh, but like I see that the kind of people you hang around with, and I see the kind of influence they have over you, and you kind of know that these guys, kids are going to just flame out. Yeah, you know, or they're going to overspend and be flamed out financially. You know, what's so funny is in the NBA too, you can you can watch a kid come in and look at the friends he has with and say he 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 doesn't have it because there's no one in his group pushing him pushing him to be. So it's like if you got four friends you're coming in with and none of them actually played basketball, that would be hard. Mm -hmm. Because you got to remember, if I played basketball with you and you made it and I didn't, when you start fucking up, I'm going to let you know. Like, yo, you... Like, yo, I wish I was in your position Yeah, because they look at you like, oh, I could have done that. Yeah, it's like, yo, Mm. what are you doing? Like, get your ass in the gym. Like, the motherfucker didn't play you last night. We need to get she shots up and do this. And, mm-hmm. But if you got friends from home that was in the streets and this and this, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you think is going to happen when you make it to the NBA? Now, now they get to drive the S600 to the club. They get to bring the little ratchet holes to the house. Yep. Like, and that, that all affects you because you don't want to be part of it too. They bringing the girls. Now they doing all the recruiting. You trying to sneak and go behind them to get the girl that looks good. Like, it just becomes this... This this this, yeah. this bad environment. But also, they're and we call those enablers, right? Mm-hmm. So if they come in and say, "Well, this is a you know, hundred thousand dollar chain, not my money," so I feel like they feel like they are in, entitled to it because they're doing this work. Mm-hmm. But they also see something like this is a time for to be lavish. I'm not going to be conservative. Yeah, because they don't know. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about having one kid, one person, the athlete himself have millions overnight. Mm-hmm. Now you have four friends also 
Thinking they won. Thinking they thinking that, oh shit, we made it. Like, ah. We made it, yeah. Yeah, so it's the we. We we made it. We were friends. Yeah. So we made it. So you gotta remember, they're entitled. So what ends up happening is when you start to cut them back, that's when they start robbing. Because you gotta remember, it's four against one. So now it's like instead of them trying to build, they're trying to figure out how do we get as much money before he finds out and, and fire us. Yeah. And it happens all the time. All the like, time. I mean, I rarely ever see NBA, NBA players come into the league with their group of friends. Let those, I rarely see those same group of friends be with them when they're at 10 years in the league. Yep. It hardly ever happens. Hardly. Because usually by year one or two, they find out a way the friend was skimming, mm-hmm. the friend was living off their credit card, the friend was stealing. It happened. I swear to God, you'd be surprised. I'm, I'm going to venture out to say three out of five NBA players have a friend that was stealing from them within the first two years. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yes, oh. I agree. Because you don't, you don't know nothing. Like, you don't know. You Also, there's pressure on you. Because if, if I'm your, we grew up together, and then I ask you for something, like, you know, I need help with this or whatever, you're going to... Yeah, but that's the sad part. I'm helping you, but you're still stealing. No, because you helped me that first time. So now I can go back to the well because I got myself into a situation. But that's not the the stealing we're talking about. We're talking about using it when I don't know about it. Mm. You know, it's like stealing, going to the bank. Still like, yo, can you go to the bank? Give me 20, you know, 20,000. You take 40. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like little things where I'm, I'm making you comfortable. You don't have to steal from me. But they do it anyway. Because you got to remember, what what a friend does, is I had to learn the hard way, what a friend does is they're looking at you spend money, buy jewelry for your little girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yo, how you going to buy this little girl, like this diamond chain and all that stuff? And I've been your day one since third grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yo, why you ain't give me that? So now their whole perspective of what's what's real, like, yo, you my friend. Like, mm-hmm. This is just come and go in with this girl. Like you here for you're supposed to be here forever. So mm-hmm. you can't count the same chips as you know as as what I'm doing for her. I'm trying to impress her or whatever. I don't need to impress you. Yeah. But that's how they take it. They, they be offended. So now it becomes this I need to get it and get it before, you know, it's over. Yeah. And they flame out. They flame out every single time. And I it's funny because I'll literally tell the play. I've gotten to the stage where I, I see guys and man. I'm four years old and I got guys that are coming in there 19. I'm like, man, I, I've seen it happen before. Just be careful of this. Mm-hmm. Be careful of that. They get mad at me. They get mad at me. Why I'm trying to tell them. I was like, I've seen it. Just be careful mm-hmm. with the guys. Cause I, I genuinely like these kids. I want to see them not only buy jewelry for me, their rookie season, but afford to buy jewelry for me 20 mm-hmm. years later. Mm-hmm. And it, it rarely happens, but like I try to go give a little bit of advice just from what I've seen in the past. But, you know, a 19-year-old kid that is being catered to by everybody is not really going to want to listen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're saying, I am the shit. Mm-hmm. And everybody <laughs> wants to be around me. And my agent kisses my ass. <laughs> yeah. And my friends kiss my ass. And now my mom and dad are even kissing my, my ass because I'm going to drop them some money, too. Yeah. They, they don't want to hear that. Like, ha- have you had to turn down players? Yes. Yes. I- I've turned down players. Uh, I've had players that I, I looked at and I'm saying, and I noticed that they're spending, you know, you know, they make, let's say they make $6 million a year after agent and taxes, you're taking them three mm-hmm. and you're spending one and a half, two with me that year. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And I've had players that I've sat down, some of your ex teammates, and I've said, I've said, listen, th- you're, you're going overboard now. Th- mm-hmm. th- you need to chill on the spending. I, I, you're going too far. And, and, 
they don't they don't give a shit. They'll just they, they they basically said, "Okay, thanks. I appreciate it, Jay." And then go buy it from somebody else. And yeah. I'm sitting at home like, "Are you serious? This guy went out and bought a new chain." And and a lot of times the financial advisor, not all financial advisors, some of the financial advisors won't even tell the kids because they're afraid of getting fired, fired too. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's I don't understand that. Like your job as a financial, and I hate when I I read comments. It's like when when a when a player goes broke. Yeah, you should have known about your money. I went to school. Not for business, not to understand. I went, did whatever class I had to do to get into the pros. I'm paying someone who went to school, who's been doing it for 10 years mm -hmm. to manage my money. That is the point. To manage my money because he is the professional. I'm not the professional. My mom and dad is not the professional. So if this man robs me, God damn it, I was fucked from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know what I mean? Because there's no, there's nothing he can show me that's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. Because I went to school to understand that, okay. Because you got to remember, you tell a guy he he signed a $100 million deal. In his mind, he signed a $100 million deal. Mm -hmm. He doesn't understand that $100 million deal after taxes, after lawyer fees, you're bringing home 55 of it. Mm -hmm. Now, that first year deal where it starts off at $8 million is really four. Mm -hmm. So if you buy a $5 million house, you're already into second year's money. Mm -hmm. Now you got to, you know, uh, dress it up, look good. You still got to live. So by the time you get to second year money, you're already in third year's money. So you're already broke. Just not understanding that you didn't really have 8 million. You only had five or four. What one agent told me once that he told his clients and I said it made a lot of sense. He said, always act like your last contract is the last money you'll make for the rest of your life mm -hmm. and figure out how to live accordingly. The biggest problem these players have is not necessarily, I agree, there's there's crooked financial agents, uh, financial advisors out there, but the players don't even want to listen to them sometimes. Mm -hmm. They don't want to listen. The financial advisors say, listen, this month you have 20 grand this month to spend on like eating and going out and this and that or whatever. And so they come to the financial uh, advisor and say, well, I'm, I'm going to buy rolls. And he's like, well, that's not in your budget. Fuck you, you're fired. Let me find the next one. And financial advisors are genuinely scared of that. You can't be. So like, if you're going to hire the guy who's been in business school and do that, you got to, when he's giving you advice, you have to adhere to advice or else don't even have him. I, I, like my financial advisors tell me, because I used to, same shit. Uh -huh. Same shit. I'll come in. You know what? I just seen the new Royce and the Maybach. I want it. Uh-huh. He was like, well, um, well, since you are on allowance, you haven't built up enough allowance to actually afford that. Mm -hmm. I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, you, you're on allowance. So for you to afford that, to rent that out, you need to save up five months. Well, right, that's easy, five months. By the time five months come, I don't even want that fucking card anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's that impulsive. So it's like, you just talk me out of the impulsive part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, that, that's all it is. It's that when that kid comes... And he's, he wants something right then. All you do is just talk about it. The 48 hours, he fucking forgot about yeah, all yeah, that yeah. shit. Well, I was going to say, for, it's like you need a safe word. Like, how do you get to a point where you want this? I yeah. really, really want it. Or is this, I had the idea of the role. No, all you did, listen, if financial advice, all you do is just jack them off. Just like, okay, I'm, <laughs> no, serious. I'm going to do the research and, you know, make sure I can get the best deal around. You got to remember, it's a 48-hour gap of his mind, of his impulsiveness. Like, yo, you want the Royce? Okay, I'm going ahead, call my guy, and then I'm going to see what I can do. You know, and then you just don't, and then he's going to come back a couple, couple hours later or the next day. What did you find? Oh, yeah, they're going to ship one from blah, blah, blah. Got it real cheap. You know, this, 
Let it go by, blah, oh, someone already bought it, they paid. You know, but they're telling me that next year, this one's coming out. The player blah, next year there's a new one coming? <laughs> you know, it's like you yeah, just yeah. gotta play the games because at the end of the day, I'm 19, 20, 21, I don't fucking know nothing. I just want it because I want it. I can afford it, like that. that's all. Yeah. It has nothing to do with nothing. It's just, I seen a player with it, I want it. Because I remember Jay Rich. Yeah. We got Escalades. Right, he's making what three point four? I'm in the two hundred thousand, but we bought it way before. We're fucking happy. Our Escalades is the best thing in our lives at this point. I mean, he's happy. I'm happy. We're, hey, you couldn't tell us nothing about our cars. Mm-hmm. We pull up to um, the arena, go to state arena, and he sees an S six hundred. He sees a player named Vontigo Cummings getting out of the S six hundred. Or S5, it was the S500. The, it hit. Yo, how he? How can he afford one of those? I make more than him. I want the S500. <laughs> what do you mean you want the S500? We got the Escalades. What do you want to eat? Nah, I want the S5. He got the S500. I want the S500. Boom, S500 come. Damn, that's nice. <laughs> you know, and I'm over here like, yo, can I? There's like, shut up. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> But just the thought process of it. But that's how we are. We're impulsive. But then, okay, so rule number, I think we're on rule five now. Let mm-hmm. the financial manager jerk you off. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, to get through yeah, it. I mean, if to you're get, a financial advisor, if you're a financial advisor, listen, you can't be fired. You can't be scared to get fired. Like, you can't. You know, it's just, it's part of your job. Yeah, by you, nature, they're conservative people. Huh? So they, they, they know risk and how, what to avoid. Yeah, because I, I told my financial advisor before, I was like, listen, treat me. Treat me like you do your wealthy, your wealthy people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if you know you, because at the end of the day, we're making a lot of money really fast. But we're your, we're your milk and cow got people. We're the ones that that just pays your bills. Mm-hmm. The the big wigs that sit in your hundred million, two hundred million in the bank is you would never fuck them over. You would never misguide them because that is real asset money. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're just 70,000. You know, you're charging me 40, 50 here, you know. Mm-hmm. And what the funny part is, the wealth is paying less than us because the wealth per year ain't making as much as, they've already established over the years. So, you know, you got- They're you know, also controlling a lot more money of the wealth. So and they, they, they're going to say, I want a lower rate. And they're, and, they're under, and they're understanding like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see my financial. I didn't. Where's this? Where, where the hell is $20,000? I didn't buy no shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, they know us. You, we're looking like, uh, did I spend $300,000 or two fifty? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about right. You know, sounds about right. We don't, you know. And yeah. then when you're younger, you don't really- you think it's like a waterfall. It ain't going to mm-hmm. never end. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, like if you'd be like, yo, your financial advisor took 200000 from you. Uh, who cares? Let's just, let's, I got a game today. Uh-huh. You know, you, it, 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 you really brush it off. You don't care. You don't care about that stuff until you're 28, 29, 30. And you start really like sitting down like, all right. <laughs> you know, that time is, you know, I'm on the back, back nine of my yeah. career. Let me find out what the fuck is about to happen. And then you start p- paying attention exactly. to your finances. You had a great. I loved your team in, with the Wizards. I had. I think all, all you guys were flashy except for you. You weren't that flashy. No, no, that's what I said. I was. Um, oh, man, I bought. I remember. Okay, Deshaun, so after Antoine, uh, they, Andre Blatch. Yeah, that you know that's what I said. We had a, we had a team that was that that wore jerseys just like any other team. Uh huh. 
the reason I wasn't into the jury is I had this big bracelet I bought soon as I got my contract from the Wizards. The rose gold one. The rose gold with, the, well. with the pink diamonds and yeah. the rubies and shit. So I bought, oh, I was like a with fucking... The- that thing, king. Was, that thing was a monster. Uh-huh. He looked like the king of some country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. It was like beautiful. <laughs> and I'm in a club in DC. Like I got hurt. So I'm in it. It's like the first time I can wear it besides on a plane. You know, so I'm in the club, you know, like, yeah, by myself. The team's on the road, you know, thinking I'm some big shot. And I'm in the club, you know, drinking with my right hand so everybody can see it. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the attention I was getting... I didn't actually like it. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, the girls is coming, but you can see the dudes whispering to each other. And I didn't have a bodyguard at the time. And it just, it didn't feel comfortable. Like mm-hmm. the, the looks I was getting didn't feel comfortable. And then a dude came over to me and I'm like, oh shit. And he was like, yeah, you didn't, you're the new dude, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Like, you know how you're trying to like grab your arm? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, Listen, I'm a baller too. You know, I'm not professional, but I hoop. Mm-hmm. Wearing this jewelry out, this is not the attention you want. You know what I mean? The, if you're looking for women, they already know who you are. You're, you're going to be on every billboard in here. Why, why get hit over the head for a piece of jewelry? It's true. Ain't no point of it. There ain't no point in getting hit over the head for, like, you got the table, you got the bottles, you know, you don't need this. Like I said, because the only thing this does is attract people who don't have it to want it. That's true. I mean, and that particular era that you're talking about was the flashiest one, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you look at, and, and to be honest, listen, from a business perspective, did I like making this big monster jump? I made stuff for Deshaun, big old chains for Deshaun. Uh-huh. He was one of my first lines, too. And uh, I, it was great from a business perspective. But as a person, as a human, I feel a lot better with today's NBA, mm-hmm. and that they are a lot more subtle. They're not. They're. They're. They don't. They. They're not trying to go too over. Like, listen. There's a few that still go crazy, but they're a little bit. They're more subtle. They don't go too over the top. It's more fashion forward. I feel more comfortable making that kind of stuff, knowing that this guy is not a walking billboard for the guys trying to rob him, and and I feel better about that. Your your generation? Shit. Yeah, you, but, guys, you guys you just went crazy with Yeah, that's what was funny. It was that. like after after that day, never never worn that never wore it again. And I was like, you know what? He was right. He was right. Like, there, there was there was an era, there was a time where guys were going going out at night in LA and again, almost every yeah. night where someone was getting robbed. Yeah, getting hit. And, and I was pe- like and people knew which guys they were, they knew my name. Yeah. And that's what's so funny. And that was the reason I just stopped. I was like, you know what? That person was right. Yeah. I'm gonna be on every billboard, what I'm attracting. So if I don't wear this jewelry, I'm not going to get hit in the head. I don't need a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like now I get to go to D.C., go to the club, and enjoy myself as a rec- like as a hooper, but I don't have the eyes trying to, you know, mm-hmm. you know check me out. Like, I don't have nothing. You're going to rob me? You're going to rob me for And I never had one problem. I never had someone like, like size me up in DC, mm-hmm. like which is rare. Which is rare, especially which in DC. Is, that's what I said. Which is rare. Like I, I, like I remember I got turned down uh-huh. going to clubs. Like yo, I get out the car ready to party, and I'm like, yeah, not today, GA. Uh-huh. You know, shit about to go down up in the club, and you know we don't want you getting hurt because you know we playing. You know the, the what's the name in two days. But you know what? That's why you see football players, 
right? They wear bigger jewelry a lot of times than NBA players. You want to know why? Because they don't get the attention. They don't. Yeah. People don't know their faces because they wear masks. So if you're if you're a defensive end or you're a linebacker or you're corner like and you're you're not Odell Beckham, yeah, and you're not you know a Brett Favre or something like that or a Cam Newton, no one's gonna know who you are. So what do you do to make up for it? You wear big jewelry. So that, that I have seen that with 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 NFL, they just don't make as much money. I mean, it transitions from sports, but I also was thinking of just that time that you were talking about. What was the era really? I'm thinking it was around the recession in 08, 09, mm-hmm. that things changed to where they were the bling bling era kind of died, right? And well, then, I think what happened is, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a couple things. It's <laughs> a recession. Yeah, yeah. They don't know what a, NBA players didn't understand what, what recession, recession meant. They were still getting style style change, not oh eight oh nine. Remember that time. In, American history yet. I don't know. Of, I was making twenty million. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, uh, you didn't experience a recession, but American okay. public did. All right. So, so but the uh, point was that fashion changed to where well, we were. Fashion changed. But I remember. Change. I remember two thousand eight. Recession hits. People are people all over the all over the country are are going broke and and their real estate values are going down. It didn't for me as my business. It didn't really affect me yeah. because I'm in a recession-proof business at the time because I'm selling. I got all NBA clients and mm-hmm. NFL clients and entertainers, and they're going to get their money no matter what. Gil was getting paid from a Poland no matter what. Yeah, it was happening. Recession <laughs> or no recession, mm-hmm. first and fifteenth, where's my check? Mm-hmm. So it didn't really affect me as much. But I would say that they, I, I did see there was a shift in a, around that time, but closer to two thousand. 11, you started to see a little bit of a shift of guys going with smaller chains because you started the rappers started going with see, smaller it's the, it's chains the rappers, too. That I think that really kind of like really did that. And then I listen, I did have a few NBA players that said I I, I don't feel as right wearing these big chains when I'm watching. You know when the, the market's going the market's going down, but barely they don't give a shit. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like yeah, no one cares. Yeah, that, that, it makes sense that you know you're following because if you look at the rappers back then, the Jules Santana's mm-hmm. and all. You're right. Like they had the long chains on. We're copying that style. Yeah, yeah. Now they got on the little jewelry, little choke chains, little bracelets, three or four bracelets. Now the NBA players are doing mm-hmm. it. You know, and it's it just makes it just makes I, a lot of sense because they are the ones that's moving. Absolutely. You know, I think was just like the the like peak of the mountain of that era was G Unit with the spin the G Unit chain. Because they just came, they came on so fast. I don't think anybody Man, yeah. did that I mean, besides G like, Unit. Just, just some of the pieces that guys would ask me to make were just like crazy. Like I would get, yeah. I would get, like I had an NBA player once. He came to me and he said, "We, it was real popular to make the Jesus faces, right? Because mm-hmm. Biggie and them used to wear the Jesus face." And he said, oh, "I want to have a Jesus face. I want a big, massive one. Massive. This guy, mind you, this guy was the number four overall pick, so this guy had some money." Mm-hmm. He said, I want to have a massive Jesus face. But instead of Jesus face, can you put my face in there with the thorns and everything? And I looked at him. I was like, wait, can, can you say that to me again one more time? He said, instead of Jesus face, I want my face. But I want to have the thorns. I want to have the long hair. I want to have everything. I want you to do that. I said, I'm sorry, man. I'm, that, that's just that's the one thing I'm not going to do. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. There's no way in hell I'm going to do it. That other player came to me, brought his gun. He wanted me to put diamonds on the handle of his gun. <laughs> Crazy shit. <laughs> Crazy shit. <laughs> oh, man, you know they were from the South. <laughs> you know they were from I'm, the South. I was thinking you knew who that like, was. I, nah, I'm just, it just sounds like some some South shit. That's just uh, some South shit. Um, who holds? Because, I mean, in your business, I mean, it's probably just like anything. You carry a lot of debt then. How so? What do you mean? Like, players not paying. Yeah, I'm, you, you definitely get some of that. Listen, we, we're in a era where well, your era 
mm-hmm. was way worse than now. Okay. And I'll tell you why. The speed of information, social media, and all that, nobody wants to be outed anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone is scared to death because it's not its not what you can prove. It's what you claim. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if, if let's just say Gilbert Arenas owed me money and I put one tweet out or one thing, and even though I don't have the followers you have, it gets picked up by anywhere. Mm-hmm. Gilbert doesn't want that kind of heat. Yep. Neither does any player nowadays. So, NBA players in particular are really scared about not paying. Mm-hmm. Now... You still get some that mm-hmm. don't pay, and in your generation, your generation, because it wasn't social media wasn't where it is today. There was a lot more that weren't getting paid, and I was, you know, to be quite honest, I was not as smart as I am today either. Mm-hmm. I was given, you know, second guys that I wasn't doing my due diligence and seeing like what where a guy's going to get drafted, and I'm fronting guys coming into the league, uh, jewelry to wear, and then this guy ends up being a second round pick. No offense, Gil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy becomes a second round pick, uh-huh. and then that that's. The, the difference between a 30th pick and a 31st pick is guaranteed Team, contract. Yeah. Now, this the guy in the 31st pick doesn't even can't even get a piece. I remember Draymond Green came to me mm-hmm. before he got drafted, and he wanted me to make him jewelry. And God bless Draymond Green, I love him as a client. But he came to me, he said, wanted me to make him all his jewelry. And I remember looking at the list, and I was like, this guy's going to be a second round pick. I'm not sure if I really want to front this guy jewelry. And I made every excuse in the book, mm-hmm. and he wanted a Michigan State diamond jersey and. And I kept thinking, like, I don't, I don't want to tell the guy. Listen, listen I'm not going to front you this, this jewelry because you're probably going to second round pick, and mm-hmm. who knows if you even be around? Because mm-hmm. I've had first round picks yeah. flame out. Yeah. And of course, he was a second yeah. round pick. But look at where he is exactly. now, just like you, just like Carlos Boozer, mm-hmm. like all these guys that have been around the league. That you you just never know. And well, was he a little salty? Yeah, he was. He was. But you know, to this day, we're friends. But you you just never know. And, and that's what I said. I, I mean, I just had to think about it because when you think about it, you are getting you you are fronting mm-hmm. when those players are getting coming into the draft. Well, I was thinking about this Damn. back to that time with Anthony Mason. Also, Jason's process too is he goes and gets introduced or connected to all I, these guys when when they're kids when they're well, I, I I listen I'm a basketball nut so I'm like I'm the guy that's watching high school tapes mm-hmm. I'm the one that's like I'm really like I said I wanted to be a basketball player but I wasn't good enough but I go I know the AU coaches I know the you know I know a lot of the agents a lot of financial advisors I, I get these guys early a lot I mean I, I was mentioning earlier like I went to Connecticut and mm-hmm. hung out with Kemba Walker in his dorm room Hanging out, not because I'm trying to sell him jewelry, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to like build that relationship right. so that they know who I am and they have a they have they have a familiarity with me. So when they do get in the league and they decide to buy, at least I might be the guy that they call. So by the time the draft comes around, I'll have this year's draft. I had eight uh, 21 of the first 30 picks. Oh, our client, our, our clients. By the end of draft day, they are all clients. Mm-hmm. 21 to 30 picks. And we've done that same thing for the last 16, 17 years. And it's been because of like, I mean, NBA is such a small community. All everyone knows everyone. And yeah. well, a player today might be a coach tomorrow mm-hmm. or a GM yeah. or an agent today. Now shit, now agents are being GMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you 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 never know. Well, I think that for those taking notes again, the thing about that is your reputation. Because you might hear and say, like, oh, he's going to a college kid's dorm room to sell him jewelry. And like you said, it's not like you're like showing no. him here, pick out a watch. I don't even bring any jewelry with Right. Me. It's about because you know that your reputation is on the line. So when I get a connection to these kids, I'm going to take care of them for their career the right way, not exploit them, not do no. everything that they want to do because it might not be a good look for them personally, financially, 
or even from a brand yeah. standpoint. So I went down to Raleigh, Raleigh to go see John Wall before he was in the league. Mm-hmm. Just introduced myself and flew out there and flew back the same day. Just want to introduce myself. Listen, the guy was the number one pick. Yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of my best clients. How, how did you get the um, the ring? Like, how did you get championship uh, ring? Yeah, how did you get? So in two thousand nine, I got the I, the Lakers blessed me with the opportunity to do the championship rings and. The companies that are doing championship rings, there's there was two main companies. One is Jostens. They're worth $2 billion. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Tiffany's. We all know Tiffany's, right? Mm-hmm. Also a billion-dollar company. So these are mo- behemoth of companies that are doing massive amounts of thousands of employees. And then there's little old me. And so when the Lakers won in 2009, I had eight guys on the team as my clients. Mm-hmm. And every, these big companies, typically, they'll go to the ownership and they'll pitch the ownership. on it. And I had a unique advantage that nobody else had. Mm-hmm. I knew the players. Mm-hmm. And we all know in the NBA, there's one group and one group only that runs the NBA. It is the, the players, players. Mm-hmm. particularly the star players. Yeah. And I also happened to become friends with Jesse Buss, who was the Jerry, the late Jerry Buss's youngest son. Mm-hmm. Him and I were hanging out and partying and having a good time. So when the time come that they won, I said, man, just, just can you consider me? I had no business being in that room. Mm-hmm. I had there was no way they should have even trusted me to do it. If I look back, I said I would have never trusted me, but they did. And we followed through and we actually got it. And then it led to the same thing happened with the, the 2010 when they won the championship and then the last three championships for the Warriors. Because I, I remember um, the, la- this, the last one they won and I seen that ring. I called Nick. I was like, yo, this shit is hot. Like this is, this is a baller shit. And he was like, what? I was like, your ring, the ring you're going to get. This is next level. By the way, he also told Nick that he owed him the ring for making him who he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so should I just put that on Nick's tab? He's going to buy your ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to make sure do that already. I mean, Because you had the, it it was the flip one. I was like, yo, this is just so fucking. Well, I mean, the thing about the, the creative process is the thing about it is there's kind of a lot of pressure on you because. This is this is a timepiece. Like the '91 Bulls ring is important, you know, because it was for that team in that era. Like players are going to look at this and when they're old and gray and have mm-hmm. it in, you know, I mean, of ultimate trophies. So, how do you approach that? That no, like this is a this has got to be a timeless piece. I mean, listen, you you you're going through the process of making everyone happy. That's the biggest problem. Is like the, what the owner thinks looks thinks looks good. It's not what the players <laughs> think looks good. So right, that that's the so biggest true. problem. And when you talk about that flip ring. It's, you know, we, we said that it, you know, represents the back-to-back championships that the Warriors won, and that's true. But part of the reason was, you know, I'm out one night, and I'm, you know, I see Kevin, Kevin Durant, and I said, well, what do you think about the design? Because Draymond Green was kind of, like, really spearheading the design for the team. And, and I asked Kev, I said, listen, what, what do you think of design? And he's like, oh, you know, I said it had blue sapphire. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not really feeling the blue. Like, I like the white, too. And I'm like, I went, back to, I went back to my factory, and I said, what the fuck, man? What, are, like, it's one of the star players on the team doesn't like the blue. I got to figure out something to make everyone happy. So our, our, our way to figure that out was just make the fr- rings flip. The Warriors mm-hmm. didn't even have a clue until the day <laughs> yeah, we delivered. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, I was like, everyone's happy now. And we had Kev's turn to the white diamond side <laughs> just so he was, make sure he was happy. Yeah, that's what I say. When I see that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is fucking coolest shit yeah. ever, yo. Like, I want to buy one. But to know where that <laughs> yeah. he goes you one. But also to know that that's how it happens. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's and that's that's the thing is like you, every player has a different taste. So to try to satisfy everyone, because you don't want nobody like, 
man, I ain't even like this shit, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you don't. Yeah, when we, when we were doing the Lakers, like Mitch Kupchak, the general manager at the time, had one idea, and then Kobe and Derek Fisher had another idea. And you got to make it work somehow. Yeah. Right. They have to tell a story, too. And I think the other thing is that you mentioned a few guys, but you want to have an educated consumer. So there's certain guys that they know, they know jewelry, they know their taste, they know like the, you know, really the marketplace, but there's other guys, they just go for the big shiny flashy thing. Yeah. So how do you handle those guys that are, let's say more informed Mm -hmm. and they know, they know it best. Like I'd I'd expect that their, their level, their standards higher. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you have the educated customer and typically the educated customer is the one that's been in the league the longest because you know, they, seen the good stuff and mm-hmm. they've seen the shit and like a lot of times when we go to rookies they're like well you're, you're kind of expensive and i was like okay you'll, you'll learn when you get in the locker room and you're comparing your stuff with some of the vets that have been around and bought from the, the high quality jewels and the low quality mm-hmm. jewels and then you'll be like you'll come back and be like oh well you know i'm gonna get rid of the stuff i just bought you know in texas somewhere and you, <laughs> yeah. you know get your stuff so i mean there's definitely definitely a difference um okay so is it i mean i don't know if it's if it's part of the contract so you know you have like three levels of the ring, yeah, right. The, what is the lowest level? I mean, every team is different. So the Lakers they had just one level, and oh. everyone got the same. That means Kobe's ring is the same as, as the Bob Warriors. A, a low level employee got mm-hmm. the same ring. The Warriors we had multiple levels. So like you know everyone's ring it goes from you know a fifty thousand dollar ring to a hundred fifty dollar ring. So there's multiple levels. So like it really depends on the team and what they decide to do. Because I was wondering like. So tell Nick, make sure you tell Nick to get you the expensive. Yeah, why haven't you? Why Number haven't one. you like? Because you got to remember, Lakers. There's, you have the players and all that, but you still have the core fans mm-hmm. that would love the championship ring mm-hmm. because they think they deserve it too. Because they've been like sure. Jack Nicholson. Like, like if I can, if he can buy that same ring for five thousand, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure half that arena would too. Just to, just to show. So I was wondering, like, so like, so, so some of the teams they'll say, you know, the, the Warriors, for example, were very strict. They don't want anyone getting the player player rings because they they looked at it as like that needs to that, be a level of exclusivity for mm-hmm. the players, and that's something just the player should have. And like, I'm even the owners didn't really get like the player level mm-hmm. ring. So like that was so important to them. And then the Lakers were a bit more inclusive, where they were like, well, we want everyone to have the same ring, but we like what we're going to cap it at X amount of dollars. Like, so if you, if you're somebody that wanted to spend $2,000 a ring, there wasn't a ring for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just, it, it's just every team takes it upon themselves to do it a different way. And it's ultimately up to ownership to kind of say, I, I want a ring that is exclusive or I want a ring that's inclusive, but everybody can get it. So no, I mean, but can you do that though? No, like- no, like, I can't. You can't do like, all right, Lakers championship for all the fans. It's got to be. You have this bottom line, $2,000 purchases. I can only do it if the team is on board to do it as well. Oh, so the team has to be willing. I can't just put put their name on it and just try to sell it. Oh, okay. That'd okay. be great. That's, but yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because I was like, you know, most of these these city teams, like they would have like, I mean, I know half of, shit, all of uh, the Bay Area would have bought all three rings. Yeah, yeah, At I mean, a reasonable you, price. You can buy a replica, right? You can buy a replica. Yeah. It's like $200. From who, though? No, you buy it online at warriors.com. Yeah, that's... Ah, yeah, we don't know you. who makes that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who makes that shit. You, yeah, want, the, you want the real... No, no, what I'm saying real. is, if let's say if, if let's say, uh, Kevin Durant's the championship ring, that's 50000 Then you got management, 20000 Boom, 10. Family and friends, 7500 If there's one for the fans mm-hmm. coming from you mm-hmm. at 2500 to 5000 There are those, though. 
There are those. There Coming are, from you? You're, yeah, from us. For oh. like $2,500. There are those that are available on their website during the course of the year. There are. Oh, how was those La- sales? La- Lakers were not. But the Warriors, they did it. How was the sale? For it was that? good. Oh, it was okay. good. It was good. So yeah, you have a lot of fans that want to spend the money and get something. Okay, That's okay. not the same as the as a player ring, but it's like a toned down version of it. Okay. But do you do you agree with that? The players, I say the players and coaches, because they're the ones that are on the grind for the whole season. They should have their own category of ring. I don't know. Like what Lakers did, like you got to remember, because I remember I know the ball kid who's been there the whole time, and he's he he said his ring was twenty thousand. Was that the price of it? Yeah. Yeah. 20000 He had to buy three. So he saved up and doing all these odd jobs for, you know, the players and doing all this and, you know, uh, food. You know how you, you tip them? Mm-hmm. All season, just so when they won, he can buy his own ring. Well, shouldn't they give them to him? I don't know. How many rings a- do they get, the, the team? I mean the team. Or but you're a ball hundreds, kid. You're hundreds, not gonna. You're not hundreds. gonna. No, I, I didn't know if it was hundreds. But, it, in the but think about as a ball kid though, like you're doing, you're doing, you have a job too. Yeah. But yeah. I'm re. Yeah, you're Kobe, and you're shooting 500 shots a day. I'm nobody, but I'm rebounding mm-hmm. 500 shots a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm just important to you the organization yeah. because I'm the one waking up two, three in the morning on your baking call. So. Yeah, you know, like if you win a championship, you hit the game winner. I feel like I'm a part of this too. Like, yeah, you know, so, you know, if you get a big ring and mine is like, like ball boyish, like, hmm. Nah, hmm. I mean, I'm happy, yeah, but yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I put more work in than fucking $250 <laughs> ring that I can buy online. Yeah. Or, it's, or if, if you're a player that, I think that just happened, I think it was uh, Gasol. Mm hmm. They got traded. Who was it? Somebody, they were on the Raptors and they got a ring that they were traded. Um, was Valanchunas. Valanchunas. Right. I mean, they, they, they do that all the he time. He doesn't deserve a ring. That's what I'm asking. No, he don't deserve a ring. Like a ring? But the team you got traded like in February. Way. Man, the, the Warriors gave uh, Anderson Verjao a ring. I mm-hmm. believe Anderson wasn't on the te- team during the playoffs. That happens a lot of times because they say, look, you got us there. You didn't get us there. You got us to February. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is mean? your you know, perspective, but I'm fe- I got February, March, April, May. I got fucking four months. Like, you got to remember the championship. So it's the second half is longer than the first half, to be honest. I mean, but that, I mean, those are it's just like nice. A re- or- it's a relay race. You but started are, the race, but those are just nice organizations. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when you're going home, you don't be like, yeah. I'll- I was part of the championship. Yeah, you might not wear it. Keep in mind, Gil just said Nick needs to get him a ring. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, that motherfucker owes me a ring. (laughs) Put it on his bill. Put it on his bill. (laughs) Who speaking of Nick, might not might be him, might not. Who knows who knows the the scene best? What do you mean? The jewelry scene. Man, there's a lot of guys that are really creative now. Like you look at guys like Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Oubre is a great one. I mean, have you seen, by the way, have you seen Kelly? How he works out? He works out with, with all yeah. his jewelry on. Just, just go look on Instagram. All his jewelry yeah. on, at all times. So he he would have hated me playing it. If we're playing, <laughs> he pulled on it. Yeah, I would have pulled on it. <laughs> like I was the dude. You got on new shoes. I'm stepping on your shoes, bro. He has like literally <laughs> eleven chains on while he's working out. And I asked him. I said, you 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 wear all those chains when you're working out? He's like, yeah, I work, I work out on all my chains. I like it that way. Oh, I don't see the wisdom in that. No, I, it ain't has nothing to do with wisdom. If that's his style, that's, that's his, his style. style. You, you know, you can't really. You can't wear it in the game. 
No, but I mean, if that's his style, like if he wants to look good while he's playing, I mean, while he's practicing, it might make him practice better. I, I, mean, don't I, know see, who I see guys all the time before the game in the shoot around. They're, 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 there's a lot of guys that have their jewelry, not, mm-hmm. not a lot of jewelry, but they have their earrings on a little chain and shoot around before the game, then come back out dressed with everything off. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's so, it, like that's what I said, it's hard for me to knock, knock what someone's doing because, you know, that's your thing. I uh-huh. can't, you know, I can't judge you for what makes you tick. But you never know. You know, another thing is, I remember uh, a guy's name was Jesse. He was a trainer with the, uh, with the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got Bradley Beal a chain. And Jesse called me up. The trainer, Jesse, called me up prior to tip-off. And they couldn't get Bradley Beal out of the... He was, he was in shoot-around with a chain on. Could not get the chain off of him. And they called me up in a major panic right before the game. Because Bradley couldn't come out of the locker room because they could not... They couldn't, they couldn't get the chain off. And, uh-huh. it, and it was too small to go over his neck. And they were freaking out. They're like, you, what are you going to do? I, we can't take the chain off. And he was late coming out because he, they couldn't get the chain off. So maybe it's not a good idea to always wear your chain. <laughs> <laughs> well, last thing, because I know you, you got to run here. But um, for those that want to get into it, mm-hmm. the uninformed, the uninitiated, what's your advice? Never take no for an answer. No matter, like, no matter what. Never take no for an answer and always believe that you can because I had a hard in the beginning. I couldn't relate to the players. I couldn't I, like I there was nothing. I didn't have anything in common with a lot of stuff. I didn't have in common with players other than I knew basketball. And but I never I never said no. You know, what I mean? players told me no. You mean guys say get the hell out of my face. Mm-hmm. You mean guys said just let me enjoy my night. Get the fuck out of my face. Way more than than who said yes. <laughs> Way more. I mean, they're used to people coming up to them all, all the, time the time with business ideas and can I take a picture and can I do this and can I do that? Last thing they want is somebody coming up to them, asking them for an op- a opportunity Sorry, to trust sure. them to buy jewelry. And I tr- I, like, I was at the point where I was damn near a stalker jumping out of bushes. But I asked so many guys until uh, finally some people said yes. And I think that if I had, it's just like walking up to a girl and you ask a girl out and you, you got to be able to handle rejection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or else yes. you're never getting any. So, <laughs> <laughs> unless you're an NBA player. Uh, but, so I never took no for an answer. I kept on going until finally, you know, a few people said yes and I was able to build a career on it. So that is my advice. And with any business, you just can't, you got to be able to take no. You said it perfect. You got to be able to take no. You got to be able to take rejection because rejection builds. There's character. Yeah, you, you can relate to that. You know, I mean, I same thing. Never take no. That's your style. I was the one that was saying no. Yo, GA, pass me the ball. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. You, you think about it. You might not have been at the. Maybe you have. You would, but you wouldn't. Maybe would not have been at the level you were had you been a top five pick. You're probably right. Because mm-hmm. it forced your ass again. Like you had something to prove at all times. Yeah, you know what's so funny is that night pissed me off. To make me grind, to, to make me prove. If I, if I would have got, what's so funny is, there was a draft party for me. Mm-hmm. I had a draft party, and because I was that pissed off, you know, that it was like, nah, dad, I'm good. And then he forced me to come, just say hello to your friends. And like, I don't got no motherfucking friends no more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't got no friends. Fuck friends, fuck them all. I'm, you know, he was like, just come say hello. They did this for you, whatever. Went in there and gave, ah, it'd be all right. It'd be all right. Like, Nah, this is supposed to be the happiest day in my life. I'm going to the gym where I feel comfortable and happy. This mm-hmm. party shit ain't for me either. And put a chip mm-hmm. on your shoulder yeah. this that's, big. That's what everything for you. That's what got you those those bills. Yeah. Same thing. You were that you you went up you got Mason on board. 
RIP. Yeah. That, that's where it started. <laughs> exactly. Now, six right. stores later, what? Yeah. LA. LA, Miami, Miami, Vegas, Vegas, Tokyo. You got Charlotte too, right? Charlotte, Charlotte, like all that Jermaine running Charlotte. Uh, shout out to Jermaine. And, uh, you know, we've been able to build and like I have a unique opportunity to be immersed in the NBA circle and talk to the players and hear when the players are are, are upset with their agent, hear when they're upset with their teammates and be yeah. able to talk basketball because like that, that was my dream. Mm. My dream was to be involved in the NBA. Man, I flew with the Laker team to Boston and back for all seven <laughs> all seven games when they went seven yeah, games. That's a dream, like, that's a dream come true for a kid like me. Like to be able to do that, to travel with the team, to do that kind of stuff, to go to the playoff games and know all the players and have the trust of the players in the summertime. They'll come by, we hang out, we go grab dinner and to hear what's going on in, in the inner circles and them bitching about their 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 girl or their coach or mm -hmm. their agent or their this or that and just being part of that process. That is a dream come true for me because it's just it's short of playing in the, uh, on the court hardwood. Yep, and that's what I said. It's just it's, it's relationships. You know, some all you players out there that's um, <clears throat> you too busy to you know sit and mingle. Sit and take pictures because you're with your family eating dinner that you're going to be doing four or five times a, a week anyway. Mm -hmm. Always remember that person you're rejecting might turn into something and you might need him later. Yep. All righty. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. You never know. All right. Let's do our ad reads. I didn't want to interrupt. That was good. Oh. Jason was just locked in. I didn't want to. Destroy. I was thinking yeah. of like some ways to, to weave it no, in, no, no, and no, I was like, no, this is, this is damn good. Because you can put it in anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we do that sometimes, right? So, fellas, let's take a break because, Gil, football season is here. It's a new season. AB is on the Raiders. Le'Veon's on the Jets. OBJ is in Cleveland. One thing hasn't changed. It's where we put our money on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prep bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win $100,000, and it costs only 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So what we know is we would only recommend services to our listeners that are good quality so we know a lot about my bookie that's why my bookie is always the right play you bet you win they play just like that my bookie has live in-game betting on every nfl game they've got the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game so here's what we got for you so for your first deposit you get up to a thousand dollars you put in they double your first deposit use the promo code no chill. There it is to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. We'll spell it for you. And don't forget to use the promo code NOCHILL. N-O-C-H-I-L-L if you need some help on that one too. MyBookie. And when creating your account, claim the bonus, use the code. Bet, win, get paid. MyBookie. I told you stop spelling to my, my, my fans like they don't know how to spell. <laughs> we, I don't have stupid fans maybe, here. Maybe you're just typing as a No, 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 so no. Stop acting guess. like my fans are stupid, all right? <laughs> That's what spell check might get you too. So we're thinking of everything. All right. We also got to talk about Manscaped. Support for the No Chill podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below the belt grooming. You love Manscaped, Gil. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Uh-huh. 
I used the shit this weekend. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Use the Clippers. I don't, I don't need to, to show us that, but okay. I, I believe I you. I'm, I'm going to take your word you know. for it. Yeah. Because, you know, there's there's a situation where while you're in that process, you could hurt yourself. Manscaped takes care of that. Safety first, people. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0, which is what you have, mm-hmm. has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't snag or nick your nuts. Ouch. Yeah, mm-hmm. painful. Like the worst pain. The worst. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And you don't have to use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, mm-hmm. a.k.a. hoop nuts? So here's what we're going to do. We'll take care of you. You got 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code. No chill. At manscaped.com. No need to spell it. So that's 20% off with that promo code, no chill. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. So one more time, get 20% off free shipping and a free travel bag with code no chill at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping and a free travel bag at manscaped.com. Use that promo code, no chill. No chill. Clean yourself up. Get it done. All right. 